0: Hi, I'm Mallory Kasdan. Normally in this feed, you get Culture Gab Fest, which brings you debate on the week in culture, from highbrow to pop. But today, we're giving you something a little different, a new show about navigating the highs and lows of back-to-school season. It's a podcast I host called Coffee and Crayons, produced by Slate Studios in partnership with Target. The new school year is right around the corner, and as a mom, it's easy to forget the huge social and emotional impact this time of year has on kids. It's a time for parents to give children the support they need to thrive throughout the school year. And parents need help during back-to-school season, too. That's what this podcast is, a series of conversations to help families thrive during tricky transitions. In each episode, I talk with fellow parents about inclusion, creativity, and compassion, and they offer strategies for the school year ahead. On this episode, I chat with Joy Cho, founder and creative director of Oh Joy, about encouraging kids to be creative and helping them express their individuality. If you like what you hear today, check out Coffee and Crayons wherever you get your podcasts. And make sure to subscribe, rate, and review so others can find the show too. This paid podcast is produced by Slate
1: Studios in partnership with Target.
0: They were having a particularly rough morning and they just weren't feeling ready to go out and face the world and so I'm often very silly with them and we made up a song called Put Your Pants On because they had to put their pants on. So we made up this song together and it turns out it's like the hit single on my album. So yeah, I mean that came out of a really natural moment where I'm like, guys we gotta put your pants on. Put your pants on. Put your put your put your, put your pants on. One, two, three, put your pants on. Just being in the moment with them exposed this incredible piece of art. From Slate Studios and Target, this is Coffee and Crayons, a back-to-school podcast all about navigating the highs and lows of this transitional time of year. I'm Mallory Kasdan, a podcaster, voiceover actor, and children's book author. I'm also a mom. It was only when I became a mom did my craftiness really come through. For my daughter's first Halloween, I dressed her as Pebbles and transformed her stroller into a Flintstone mobile. That was a highlight, but it's not always easy to be the DIY mom. Even after doing this for eight years, it really helps to lean on fellow parents this time of year. Which brings me to my guest, designer Joy Cho. She started her site, Oh Joy, over a decade ago. With her sharp eye and friendly voice, she grew her audience beyond the design community. And the success of the site made it possible for her to launch her own business. Now Joy's designs can be found on wallpaper, Band-Aids, luggage, and children's clothes. And I'm delighted she is here with me today. Hi, Joy. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'd love if you could introduce yourself. So how, how do you introduce yourself, for example, on
1: the playground? Oh, on the playground. Yes, I love that. Well, I typically say that I am the founder and creative director of Ojoy, which is a lifestyle brand. And then I will go a little bit into the fact that Ojoy creates daily content, fun things like food and fashion and home decor, but also we create products, all things which bring a little dose of joy to every day. Um, I love your blog and I love your design.
0: Thank you. For listeners that might not know O'Joy, it's a lovely mix of color and texture, dots, stripes, abstract flowers. But
1: how would you describe your aesthetic? O'Joy is definitely very colorful, but we also like to throw in a dash of whimsy. I'm all about mixing unexpected colors, teaching and showing people how to embrace color, whether that's in their wardrobe or in their home or in whatever items they may put into their home to make it feel happier. Um, For me, it's about just teaching people to feel a little bit braver about doing that.
0: So tell me about your path from blogger to entrepreneur and mom.
1: Well, I started my company in 2005 when I had left um, my previous two jobs. I had moved to a new city, so I started freelancing. And a friend of mine had suggested starting a blog. And now this is in 2005, so I had no idea what blogs were, really. All I could think of was Doogie Hauser from that show back in the day. And I was thinking it was just an online journal where I would just talk about my thoughts, which didn't feel very interesting to me. And so once I kind of figured out how to even do a blog, I started being able to upload images and it really became an online journal for me, for my inspirations, for projects I was working on. And it really was a side companion to what turned into a design business. Because while I started freelancing, thinking it was temporary, people started reading my blog for people started coming to me knowing that I was doing design work and and I was getting clients that way. So that started growing, that started picking up and Ojoy was really a design company for the first 5 years or so of the business and that's what I was mostly doing as my work. The blog was kind of for fun, It was always a side companion. And it wasn't until my first daughter, Ruby was born in 2011, that Ojoy, the blog itself, started becoming its own part of its business, and I didn't necessarily have to do as much client work, and it was a good time to transition out of client work because I had this new baby, I wanted to be able to ease back into working, but also I loved that Ojoy, the brand, was becoming its own thing. I didn't necessarily have to design for other people anymore. So ever since then, we've really focused on designing Ojoy products through licensing partnerships, and then the content, which has evolved over the years for sure in that now there's sponsor content that we do but we also do content every single day like that we just decide to create because we love the ideas and we want to share them with people and it's it really is about happiness i mean for me it's just how can i make someone's day a little bit better with some idea that i'm going to either inject into their brains with ideas that we can give tips. And then with our products that we design, how can that product that we design, that somebody can buy and put in their home just give you instant happiness? That's so lovely. So, And we see your daughters on the site a lot. And what what are they like? Uh, My oldest daughter is Ruby, who is six and a half. And then my youngest is Coco, who's three and a half. So I have two girls. And... it's so funny. It's so funny to me to have kids because you see this mini manifestation of yourself and your partner in these like tiny little people. And Mm -hmm. so my oldest is very much like me. She's very sensitive. She's very creative. She loves doing art projects. Um, And my little one is definitely more wild and like spunky like my husband. And she doesn't care what anybody thinks and she doesn't care about getting in trouble. She just does her own thing.
0: Like, do they like the same kinds of things that you like? Do they like your aesthetic? Do they have the same, like, favorite colors as you?
1: Yeah, I mean, my oldest, Ruby, who's very similar to me, she loves crafts. She loves making things. She's really into projects. She really has picked up on my sense of color um, because if you ask her what her favorite colors are, she will say every color and she'll even say gold, which is what I say my favorite color is. So it's, it's sweet and it's, like, so fun just to see how when your kids are surrounded by whatever they're surrounded by, how much they pick up on that. And that being me and my aesthetic and my brand, and they've both grown up with, oh joy, being in their lives. There's such a
0: delightful creative energy that runs through your site and your designs. Tell me about the role that creativity plays in your home from meals, school, crafts. Um, What does creativity mean to your family?
1: I obviously have a design background. My husband is a physician, so his background is very different in the sense of what he does on a day-to-day basis, but he is also very passionate about creativity for our family, for our children, um, because we both grew up coming from immigrant parents who came to this country and both had businesses. Um, my parents had restaurants, his parents had uh, delis. And so we found ourselves having to get really creative, especially in times when our parents couldn't afford a babysitter to watch us when they were working. So we were often at the stores or the restaurants, um, Doing our homework or playing or doing these different things. So we, we find that we want to make sure that our kids figure out how to be creative in times like that too, because we've obviously, we've worked very hard to. Provide a better life for our kids than what our parents could provide, and that's what every generation does: is you work harder and harder for your children. And in that case, our children have access to toys that we didn't have. Our kids have access to going to summer camps and classes that we didn't have. However, we also want to make them be really creative and resourceful when they're just at home playing, when they have whatever it is that is there that they've seen a million times, how can they continue to enjoy the art supplies they have or the craft supplies? And so one thing we've done at home that I've been initiating lately is when they want to do a project or something more creative is to limit the materials they use. So for example, if you give a kid a whole bunch of art supplies, it's not as hard for them. And It's just like they have everything at their disposal. But if you say, hey, why don't you make, and you could just name something, let's just say I were to say make a sculpture, but I only gave them paper and tape, then all of a sudden a child is thinking about how to make something that's three-dimensional out of something that's two-dimensional. And that helps to challenge them in other ways and helps their brain to think. And I love that because... We, we want to provide for our kids, but we also don't want them to feel like they're always going to have access to everything and that they can come up with creative solutions when they have less things.
0: We're talking a little bit about back-to-school time. What are some other concrete tips that you would offer to parents to encourage creativity?
1: I think, you know, if we're talking about back-to-school time and this is a time of year where you're helping them transition back from maybe a lot of play and and you're not necessarily doing homework and all all those things regularly, I really do try to carve out specific times for – Things that do challenge their brain a little bit more. And to me, creativity is in all of that. So for my youngest, we might be reading an alphabet book or an animal book, but then we'll go into looking at the picture and I'll ask, well, how many dots does that alligator have on his tail? Or what color is that? rabbit, like things that the book isn't asking, but other things that I can see that I know that she can see and can pick up on because then we're not just reading it straightforward. Okay. Three minutes have passed. We're done. We're really looking deeper into this. We're also appreciating the illustrations. We're appreciating the scene and we're pulling more out of that book than what it looks like on the surface. Um, and then with our daughter, when our, sorry, our oldest daughter, when she's reading, she can read the whole thing by herself. We don't really need to do anything, but we also want to interact with her, especially as we get ready to go back to school with things like comprehension. And so we try to create other scenes or alternate um, possibilities within that book of what could have happened. Like what could have happened next? Or maybe the story ends, but we discuss what what could happen after that particular story ends in the real life of that scenario.
0: That's very cool. And so what kind of crafty stuff are you guys into now, your kids, your daughters?
1: Um, My kids are into some of the stuff that I feel like all kids are into, like slime and and making slime, putting a million different things into it. Um, But you know what else my kids really love um, is this thing called fairy potion. You know how kids, especially young ones, love to just, like, get messy and they love mixing things together. So all you do is you get a glass jar, and it could be a leftover from, like, yogurt or pickles or whatever, a glass jar, pour some water in it, and then you give them things like food coloring, glitter. Um, They can go outside and get, like, small leaves or small flowers, and, like, they mix it all in together and it becomes this, like, beautiful colored liquid with, like, it's sparkly because of the glitter. And then you call it fairy potion. All of a sudden it's this magical thing that is really just a jar of water with a bunch of stuff in it, but they could spend a good 30, 45 minutes creating that and then mixing it. And then when you're done, you have an airtight lid on this and, um, they can shake it up and almost use it like a, a snow globe. You know, I had a, a guest on my
0: podcast who um, is really interested in meditation and teaching kids about meditation, and she did a very similar thing. She called them glitter jars, and oh, you yeah. just shake them. So I think this is a great way to, like, rest your mind or look, watch the glitter fall. Like, you know, the way that a snow globe is, but it's kind of like you could teach that skill multi-purpose, right?
1: Totally. And I think it's just the mix of senses. You know, there's just so many things that go into it that – is really like great for them and for their imagination.
0: I love that. Yeah, my son plays with mason jars. He takes ma- magic markers, puts them on paper towels, and then dips the paper towel in the – this is like his homemade food coloring, I guess. He, oh, he yeah. st- sticks the paper <laughs> towel in the jars and has like a whole rainbow of different colored jars on his mad scientist table. It's kind of awesome. I love that. So the idea of self-expression and individuality is a little bit different from creativity we've been talking about. How do you define self-expression?
1: I mean, for me, self-expression is really – it's what you want to wear. It's the things that – the different ways you choose to say things. It's pretty much how you express yourself. And for me, it's taken a really long time as a person to figure out what is my form of self-expression, what is my individual style. Some of that comes from just having evolved as a person, getting older – getting confident in myself as a person, also with my own brand, with Oh Joy, how that's evolved and how do the two parts speak together. But the biggest thing I can say is that after I had kids, I really became a lot stronger and a lot more confident in who I am. And therefore, I was better able to express myself and show my truest form of self-expression because I wanted to reflect that in my kids. I didn't want my kids to see insecurities that i have i didn't want them to see me getting hung up on what other people think i didn't want them to worry about those things, and therefore I can't worry about those things, or at least try not to. More so than ever, um, because there's always a time when kids are in school, no matter what. Once they grow up and they get to be a certain age, there's always things that are going to come into question for them. Um, someone's wearing this. Why don't I have this? Or someone said my hair looks like this. Like all this stuff that you you forget happens because I'm so far from that stage of life now. But it happens, and when you see it come back through your kid, and especially when they're little and you're thinking, oh my gosh, already kids are starting to compare, or they're starting to judge, or they're starting to say stuff like that to each other. It's, it makes me even more so wanting to be really strong for them and really wanting to like be a good example of self-expression and how it's okay to express
0: yourself. Can you think of some other ways parents might encourage their kids at back to school time to express their individuality?
1: Yeah, I think there's a certain level of choice that is fun for kids because, you know, you can't give kids a, f- a totally free reign when it comes to going back to school because some kids have uniforms. Sometimes there's dress codes. You have certain requirements for, like, your backpacks. You know, I know in some of my kids' schools, like, you can't have characters in your backpack. So, those are sometimes forms of self-expression, but I think there's other fun things that you can play with. You know, my, one of my kids ha- does have to wear uniforms, but she has like the ability to choose different colors of certain tops or like leggings can be any color or socks and things like that. So that's probably the simplest way because that's just something that they can have a little bit of a choice in while still being somewhat defined within like certain limitations. Um, and then other than that, I think it's also about like verbal communication about making sure that they feel like when they have a choice to perform or play music or sing or do something that allows them to express themselves in an artistic way, that they feel confident enough to do that and that they feel like, okay, well, just because I don't have the, the best voice or I don't know how to sing like a musician doesn't mean I can't sing. Or if they have some musical interests, like helping to... Helping to develop that and helping to foster that however you can. So with Ruby, your Mm mini-me, have you had any of
0: those moments of where she's expressed her individuality and shown you that she's got
1: her own thing happening? Yeah, I mean sometimes – so so Ruby is my older one, and she also has bangs just like I do, whereas Coco, the little one, does not. So a lot of people think that we look really similar. There have definitely been times when I've tried to dress her up in an outfit that's just really an outfit that I wish that I could fit into, um, and but it does not exist in adult size and for whatever reason it's uncomfortable or the elastic fits weird or there's a tag or something and she's just like mommy I don't want to wear this like it's one of those moments where I'm just like okay you know what joy you can just pull back a little and not try to make her exact an exact replica of yourself and like if she wants to wear those comfortable pants um instead of whatever else i was trying to put on her it's fine like that's that's her and you want her to be comfortable and you want her to be happy i feel like that's such a lesson
0: overall for parenting too cuz you know it's like you you can't make them be you in any way even though they may be similar to you or have aspects it's like they have to find their own path it's just it's it's a i think that's a very important lesson actually yes uh- totally So what's another great creative tip for parents at back to school time?
1: So I love the idea of recapping your summer with your kids. Now summers vary for every kid. Sometimes people go on these big vacations or they spend summers with grandparents somewhere else or they do summer camps and they do or sometimes they're home and they're just doing a lot of different projects. So I love the idea of recapping that in some way. And so a couple ideas of things that I've done before is it could be a giant painting. And that could be something you just tape to the wall either outside or inside and you give them giant brushes and a whole bunch of paint and they can basically create their painting interpretation of what summer was to them. Like it's either like, what does summer mean to you? Or Paint what you did this summer. Another version that's a little bit more journalistic is I love giving my kids an instant camera. So like we have like the Fuji Instax, which creates those little tiny – Uh, instant film pieces and maybe it's on a vacation or maybe it's on a trip or maybe it's a specific day or a specific week that you allow them to use it you don't want to have them have access to it all the time because that film is super expensive and it's it's like a dollar each so I usually try to limit it limit it to two packs um per kid for whatever occasion we're doing that. But you just let them go and take pictures of random things during that time and it's so cool to see what you get back. And we did that recently when we went to the Carlsbad flower fields, which are in season for 2 to 3 months out of the year here in Southern California. And I gave both of my kids their own camera and they each got two packs of films. That's 20 pieces of film to take pictures for our adventure at the flower fields that day. And I got back so many beautiful shots, ones that, you know, in my brain, I wouldn't have necessarily composed or took taken a photo of that, but that was that was the point. It wasn't supposed to be what I would have taken a photo of. It's supposed to be what they see and what they want to capture. And there are some that were so close up that it was kind of blurred out and almost looked like an abstract painting. And there were some where um, you could see like the, the top of somebody's head, some random person's head because... The kid took the picture, but then they moved their arm at the same time. So it just wasn't exactly where they thought it was going to be. But I ended up montaging those and framing my favorite ones. And so for me to be able to take those two projects, which I try to do regularly with my kids, but to theme them with summer vacation, either as a recap of summer vacation or a highlight or what summer vacation meant to you is a really fun way, I think, to end, end the break and get transition yourself right back into school. That's brilliant. Well, Joy, thank you so much for
0: talking to us today. Thank and you. I can't wait to see what's next. Yeah, thank you so much, guys. Joy Cho is the founder and creative director of Oh Joy. You can find out more about her at ohjoy.com. What kind of art, like creative stuff do you guys do?
1: In my school, we had after school, and I. Joined hip hop class for a couple of weeks, salsa class for a couple of weeks, art class for a couple of weeks. I do um, piano, I do. I love piano. Um, currently right now I'm painting.
0: I have a stepdaughter who's 16 and my daughter who's 11 who they constantly put on like dance performances for us. So they'll spend all week on the weekends. Practicing and coming up with routines and then on the weekend they make us like a little playbill and give us invitations And we literally sit in the living room and watch them perform
1: They like to make stop frame animation films I try to teach them the basic fundamentals of telling the story and understanding the rules There are rules, but um, the rules are the gist of the foundation and I encourage them one day to Know it so well that they can break the rules and then that's how they'll be able to express themselves individually as artists. In our camping site we had to um, design um, a birdhouse out of twigs and leaves and all our natural surroundings and it was really fun. I mean I got splinters but it was really fun. That's it for
0: today's show. Coffee and Crayons is brought to you by Target and produced by Slate Studios. Target has Back to School covered shop our best back-to-school prices at Target all season long. Go to target.com back to school. I'm Mallory Kasdan. Thanks so much for listening.